Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This holiday season, Lexus wants you to remember. It's not just the thought that counts. It's your thought. Because no matter how much time you spend picking out the perfect gift, the only thing they'll really care about is that it's from you. Here's to experiences they'll continue to cherish. Season after season. Make this December one to remember. Together. Click the banner to discover more. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Here's what's cooking on today's Sports Stove Podcast. We are covering the North Divisions of the AFC and the NFC as we continue our NFL football preview. That's what's cooking on today's Sports Stove Podcast. From Belly Up Sports and the Belly Up Podcast Network, you're listening to the Sports Stove Podcast with your host, Vince Stover. Welcome into a new edition of the Sports Stove Podcast. I'm your host, Vince Stover. We are brought to you by Skull Candy and Yeti Cooler. Skull Candy can enhance your listening enjoyment, your listening experience of the Sports Stove Podcast. If you go to the link provided for you in the video description or the podcast notes, you will find the link for Skull Candy. Get yourself a new set of earbuds. Um, that's going to be there for you. Yeti Coolers also available uh, for you there using the link. We appreciate their help and their sponsorship of this program and encourage you to use that link for Yeti coolers. You go find yourself uh, the next Yeti product that you know you desperately need. Joining me as usual is my dad, Dale Stover. Dad, how you doing? Doing good. Doing good. It's always fun talking about football. It is fun to talk about football, and today we're covering the division that we follow the closest of the NFC North. Of course, we also have the AFC North, and you've been covering a little bit more of the AFC North uh, since your move to Ohio. Um, you know, what's what's it like compared to living in Tennessee, where all you heard about was the Titans, and you never heard anything bad about the Titans when you're listening to Nashville Sports Radio? What's it like in Ohio com- uh, with Cincinnati and Cleveland? Uh, well, there's a lot of excitement, but I think <clears throat> there's not a problem with being negative about the team up here, either <laughs> Cincinnati or, or Cleveland from that standpoint. But a lot of excitement. Cleveland's been down for a long time and looks like they really have things turned around and a lot of optimism for Cincinnati. Um, I would have thought not necessarily a lot of Bengals fans, but, boy, people have really rallied. Uh, around that. And the Bengals have done some good things to try to encourage fans from there. They're establishing a ring of honor, which they haven't had before at the stadium. 
and they're letting season ticket holders vote on two of the spots for it. And so that's created a lot of interest, I believe. Awesome. All right, let's get into uh, some things real quick before we get into the AFC North, where we'll start off. Uh, the uh, video came out today of the BYU football team in a meeting and Built Bar uh, announcing that they are paying for the tuition of the walk-ons at BYU. And uh, in doing so, the walk-ons, of course, will uh, advertise for Built Bars and help them with stuff like that. But in all the, the – I think I've been relatively positive about the name, image, and likeness stuff. But out of everything I've seen with name, image, and likeness, this is by far uh, the most positive thing I've seen from it, where you have a company – that wants to help out the university that the owner is is involved with. And uh, instead of just throwing money at the star quarterback or the star defensive player, it's it's helping the walk-ons along the way. Um, we'll get to the smartness of the marketing of this in just a second. But, Dad, um, you know, uh, applause to, to Built Bar, and, and they're helping out the walk-ons. This is the best thing that can come out of the name, image, and likeness, isn't it? Yes, yes, it is. And hopefully this is going to set a trend. I've heard some coaches say, you know, we would like to see this be things that help everyone on the team or a lot of people rather, like you said, than just the star um, quarterback who hasn't even started yet and things like that. So, um, again, I I think it it can be a positive thing for the team. Um, It can be a positive thing for the kids. Um, but again, you know, we've talked about this could be difficult if you've got one or two players making a lot of money um, there and um, even could take their focus away. But I think this is great when you got schools where they're doing it either for all the players like down in Miami or um, th- this is probably, like I said, the best thing you hear here are helping walk-ons. Definitely, definitely. Uh, all right, and then we've got a big announcement to make, and we're excited. We're going to be welcoming in a new audience starting next Wednesday. Uh, Belly Up Sports Network, Belly Up Podcast Network, has uh, joined forces with Unhinged Radio. And Wednesdays at 11 o'clock starting next week, the Sports Stove will air on Unhinged Radio and uh, we'll be welcoming in a new a new listenership from that. Nothing will change on the podcast end as far as us putting out programs a couple times a week and starting in September three times a week. And then, uh, but we will also be on Wednesdays at eleven a.m. Eastern time on Unhinged Radio. We will post more information about that on our Twitter page, uh, so you can find out how to find Unhinged Radio. And uh, excited to add some new. Um, shows to the Belly Up Network through this this um, um, union, uh, through this marriage, and uh, excited to see exactly where it leads as well for us. Of course, starting September 1st, the Sports Stove will be dropping a weekly episode, podcast version only, called the Sports Stove Local Hour. And we're excited about this. Uh, this, this is kind of what it'll look like. Boom. There it is. Sponsored by, presented by IPM Piston Termite, Central Kentucky's 
neighborhood pest professionals. That all starts up September 1st. We're going to be covering mostly college sports, Kentucky Wildcats, Eastern Kentucky Colonels. We might bring on some high school guys and talk some high school stuff here and there, but it's going to be focused heavily on the college sports here in the area and excited to bring that to our audience as well and uh, possibly uh, welcoming in some new listeners here locally uh, for that program as well. As for now, our regular twice-a-week uh, episodes will continue as we're going through the NFL right now, previewing uh, the NFL teams and by division. And tonight we are on the AFC and NFC North divisions. We're going to start with the AFC, Dad. And I had a poll out on Twitter the last couple of days. And again, on Twitter, at Sports Stove is where we put our polls. And the, the poll question was, who will finish second in the AFC North? Who will finish second in the AFC North? And I maybe I should ask who would finish first because the poll was interesting. Um, of the four teams in the AFC North, two teams tied with 32%. Uh, the Browns and the Ravens both got 32% on the poll of who would finish second in the AFC North. And then the Bengals had 16%. The Steelers had 20% of the votes uh, there. So pretty close poll along the way. And uh, I, I definitely should have asked who was going to be first because I kind of thought uh, most people agreed with me on who was going to be first in the AFC North. But I was wrong to assume that. So we'll talk about all of that in the days, uh, in the days, in the minutes to come. Dad, um, who do you think will finish second in the AFC North? Um, you're not going to agree with this, but I think it'll be the Cleveland Browns. Okay. Well, I can, I can understand that. I just, uh, I, you're right. I don't agree with it. All right. Let's talk about it. Uh, let's start with our teams. We're going to get in right away to the Cincinnati Bengals and, uh, dad, your local team nowadays, they added some interesting guys through the off season. Riley reef comes in for the offensive line. Uh, Chidobi Awuzie comes in, Mike Hilton, both defensive backs, Eli Apple added as well. Trey Hendrickson comes over from the Saints as a defensive lineman. They also lost some guys. Carl Lawson is the most uh, notable loss, I think, at least for the Bengals. They had a really good draft, and I think they have now legit weapons for Joe Burrow. The team is improving. They have to protect Joe Burrow. If they don't protect him, then the, the future of the franchise is in great jeopardy. Um, and the coach is in trouble for sure. <laughs> good defense, not great defense, but a good defense. They lost some key contributors, but I believe most people think this is a team on the rise. Now, what does that mean? There could be disagreements in that, but overall, I don't think people are, are viewing the Bengals as a team that's going downward. I think everyone assumes they're going upward, but it all leans on protecting Joe Burrow and keeping him healthy. Uh, dad, you hear a lot of talk about the Bengals where you are, but I don't, I don't care what everybody else says. I want to know what you think about the Cincinnati Bengals. Well, I think the Bengals, um, are headed up. I think they're doing, um, I, I think they made some of the right moves in the off season. They used free agency to strengthen the defense because you have to have a defense. Then they went to the draft more on the offense, um, around here in, in, in Southwest Ohio, it was really split on the draft. Should they just obviously go get the best offensive lineman or should they get the weapon with Jamar Chase? I think they made the right choice because I don't think you pass up a Jamar Chase. 
Um, they have tried to strengthen the offensive line, um, but, um, you know, we will see how that goes. I think um, you threw out an interesting point there a little bit ago about the coach being in trouble. I think this coach could be good, but now I think the weapons are here. I think the fan base feels like the players are here. So if it doesn't produce, yeah, I think it's going to fall on the coach. And this coach may be uh, the guy that can lead them on, no doubt about it. They have the talent, and I think um, if the coach, you know, has them together and excited, this is a team that could surprise a couple people. And they win a couple games they're not supposed to win. Wow, it's a great season there. They don't have to make the playoffs. When you talk about trending upward, (laughs) they haven't won a whole lot of games in the last two years. (laughs) So um, it should be better than that without a doubt. But I think there'll be end games, and again, I think there'll be – competitive it won't be where teams oh the Bengals are on the schedule check that one off um and again it'll have to do with Joe Burrow being healthy Joe Burrow staying healthy um but boy they they, this is the most optimism there's been in a while yeah you know they bring in Riley Reef uh to help out on the offensive line and that will help they drafted the kid out of Clemson in the second round and and like you said, they chose to go Jamar Chase over Penne Sewell at the top of the first round. And I, from the beginning, said they need to draft Chase. He's the guy they need to get. They can get good offensive linemen um, later in the draft as compared to the best receiver in the draft, in my opinion. And, you know, again, we're Packer fans. We'll talk about that in a minute. But we've watched the Packers draft offensive linemen in the middle and late rounds and be able to put together one of the best offensive lines in the league. And so it can be done if your scouting team is doing what they're supposed to be doing. Um, Joe Burrow is must-watch TV. For the first time in my life, when the Bengals were on TV this last season, I was excited to watch it. Uh, when I was real little, Icky Woods was around, so that was kind of fun. But, but now... It's been a long time, and I like Andy Dalton, but I was never going, ooh, I got to watch Andy Dalton. I did go, ooh, I want to watch Joe Burrow. And now that you give him the weapons that he has, if this team stays healthy, they will definitely surprise some people this year. Speaking of the talented weapons around Joe Burrow, let's talk fantasy football. Fantasy studs for Cincinnati. Joe Burrow is one of them for me. I think he is a lock as he's planned to start the season week one. And uh, and I think he'll continue to be a productive fantasy quarterback in the years to come. Joe Mixon, I think, is a guy that's worth having on your football team. He's had trouble staying healthy also, but I think that he is he's worth having on your team. I think he'll be a fantasy stud. T. Higgins and Jamar Chase, I'll put them both on there as guys that are worth having on your fantasy football team and worth uh, going for at some point earlier in the draft rather than later. I'm going to leave Tyler Boyd out for now. I'm actually going to put Tyler Boyd in my sleeper. And I don't know if he's a sleeper or not, so it might not technically qualify as a sleeper. But Tyler Boyd's the guy that's going to get a little left out on the national scale because everyone's going to go T. Higgins. Everybody's going to go Jamar Chase. Those are the names people know. Tyler Boyd is an incredibly talented receiver, and he's proven his worth in Cincinnati. So he's going to get his catches. He's going to get his fantasy points. I think all three of these receivers are worth – having on your team and the reason why the three receivers are is because I don't think the tight end position is going to get a lot of love in Cincinnati this year and uh, and so I'm not drafting any of the Cincinnati tight ends 
Dad, your thoughts on the fantasy players in Cincinnati? No, I think those are the main guys. I think, you know, with Joe Burrow, and if they have an offensive line that gives him time, they're going to spread it out. They're going to throw it a lot more. So, yes, the wide receivers, um, it, this could be a team where it'd be worth getting, you know, um, you know, several of them would be good choices because I think they're going to spread it around. Uh, be interesting to see Jamar Chase, how quickly – he develops because he could really be dynamic. And uh, you and I both like T Higgins and I think he'll only get better. And there was good chemistry with him and Burrow, I think last year. So I think that's very good there. Mixon can catch the ball also. So um, those are the main guys, you know, it used to be, you probably wouldn't look at anybody in Cincinnati right <laughs> off for our, for our fantasy. And definitely I think as the season goes on there, that's a team to watch because there could be guys that pop up. If you put T. Higgins in Green Bay instead of Jordan Love, this offseason would not have been near as entertaining when it comes to Green Bay stuff as it has been. But they passed on him to go for Jordan Love, and now T. Higgins is in, I think, a great position in Cincinnati. Um, out of Higgins, Chase, and Tyler Boyd, who's the first receiver you're taking out of that grouping in fantasy football? Probably Higgins. Uh, that's interesting. I, you know, I Chase has the unknown. But you got to think that there is that connection there already with Burrow. And uh, I kind of feel like Chase is going to be the guy in Cincinnati. Maybe even Boyd before Higgins, honestly, uh, when it comes to fantasy points. But we'll see how it all shakes out. The win total in Cincinnati this year is set at six and a half games. Dad, you going over or under six and a half games wins for Cincinnati? Um, I think I might go over with seven. Okay. I've got six, it. Six or seven, six and a half is sure save. <laughs> um, I've got eight wins for Cincinnati. I think over is the safest way to go with them. And I'll explain a little bit more of that when we get down to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, but first, the Cleveland Browns, uh, a team that has uh, a lot of expectation this year. They bring in some interesting players in the offseason, including Jadavion Clowney and Takarist McKinley. Uh, defensive players, they continue just to bulk up. They didn't have many needs, many holes this offseason, yet they got stronger this season and through the draft. They drafted some incredible players. Craig Newsom uh, in the first round, Jeremiah Owusu-Karamoa in the second round. They just, they just bolstered that defense with playmakers over and over again. Baker Mayfield continues to improve, and I admit I didn't see that one coming. Um, I like Baker's leadership. I like his moxie. I wasn't sure if he had the legit talent to take a team to the next level. And we still haven't seen him do it yet, but I admit I believe a little bit more in him now. They've got a, a, a relatively healthy wide receiver core. If that stays the case, they've got that incredible two-headed attack at running back between Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb. This is a team that should be phenomenal. It should be their best season in a long time. This is a team that has zero excuses. I like their head coach. Uh, they have talented players and depth at pretty much every position. The offensive line is solid. So this is a team that has no excuses. Um, Dad, your thoughts on the Browns? Um, I think that's right. The, the thing about Cleveland is, um, you know, they, they, they can't, they're not going to sneak up on anybody. It's not going to be a fan base. There's a lot of expectations. And when you have that, um, you know, the fan base, I think the national media, everybody will expect Cleveland 
to be good. When they're on TV, you know, when you look at their schedule, again, you know, we'll talk about the Packers, but when I look at the Packers' schedule, boy, that Christmas game with Cleveland could be quite a game. Um, you know, but you figure Cleveland will be, you know, really in the thick of things at that point. Um, but we'll see. I, I do think they have a good coach. Um, but again, you know, they'll ha- they'll have to put everything together. They have the weapons. They really strengthened the defense, um, and that's important because that'll keep you, you know, that'll keep you where you need to be. And they they're really strong on the running attack. So mm-hmm. a defense, you know, that's going to help. Defense will help that, but the running attack will help the defense. The defense can go out and um, play and take chances because the the running backs, you know, should control the game quite a bit. Um, Baker Mayfield, I think, will be good. You know, he's great for the NFL. He's a great personality there. I've been a little surprised on the fantasy ratings that he is not quite as high as I thought he would be. That's been interesting. Um, but again, you know, a lot of their fantasy stats probably will be the running back. Exactly. Yeah. And my question kind of for Cleveland is, can you have too much talent? They've got all these playmakers on the team. And I feel like sometimes Baker feels like he has to spread the ball around instead of just getting it to the hot hand. So you got Jarvis Landry, who's pretty unselfish overall, but then you got Odell Beckham Jr. who needs the ball in his hands or he's going to be a problem. Then you've got Kareem Hunt. Then you've got Nick Chubb. Those guys need to touch the ball because that's how you win football games. And so if if Baker can learn just to play the system, throw the ball to who's open, and not try to force it into certain guys to make them feel happy, if everybody can buy into the team, which I know we're asking multimillionaire uh, divas to do this, but if you can buy into the team, this team is, is – the sky's the limit for them for sure. Who's your fantasy guys to watch in uh, Cleveland? Well, of course, you have the two running backs, like you said, Chubb and Hunt, and they are really good. Um, you know, Hunt has come back around. We've always liked Nick Chubb, and he has done extremely well. And if he can stay healthy, you know, he, he is one of the better guys. Um, Baker Mayfield, I think, is a solid starting quarterback. Depending on where you pick your quarterback, I think you can be safe. Um with him, even though he wouldn't be one of the top six or seven, I don't think you would pick, but depending on where you get the quarterback, uh, the wide receivers, um, again, as you fill in your wide receivers, I think either one of those could be good. I'm not as big on, um, Odell Beckham, um, as far as taking him just real, real high, but obviously he's a good wide receiver. Um, their tight end Hooper should be good. Um, was good, you know, at Atlanta, it should be really good. Um, and I think Baker Mayfield, you know, the tight end should get a lot of action. And their defense could be really good. Yeah. So I've only got two guys down for fantasy studs for Cleveland, and that's Chubb and Hunt. I, the receivers, uh, they're going to get points. Don't get me wrong. They're not going to be horrible, but they're not going to be studs for you. Baker's not going to be a stud for you. Again, he's, he's fine to have on your team, especially if you go later rounds with your quarterback. Um, Hooper worries me a little bit yes he's talented yes he had success in atlanta last year it was okay whatever in cleveland but my fantasy sleeper is actually in joku the backup tight end he gets plenty of plays you say backup but they do two tight end sets and things like that as well he gets opportunities and he's able to stay on the field more than hooper hooper has injury concerns and so in is actually my um fantasy sleeper and one rookie to watch fantasy wise 
Um, again, this is a guy that you could take a flyer on in later rounds or even wait and maybe pick him up later. Wide receiver Anthony Schwartz, he's Auburn uh, rookie and uh, lots of athletic ability, very fast, could could see some return game action as well, but a guy worth keeping an eye on there in Cleveland. Dad, the win total is 10 in Cleveland. You going over or under 10 wins for the Browns? Um, Should go over. Yep, I'm over as well. More now. I've got him at about 13 wins, but we'll see how it all shakes out. This is going to be a tougher division than maybe some years past, so that's going to be important to win win those division games. The next team is the Baltimore Ravens. They bring in Sammy Watkins at wide receiver, Alejandro Villanueva on the offensive line. They actually signed Juwan James, which, Dad, I don't know if you remember Juwan James or not. He was in Denver and uh, and had some injury issues, actually sued the Broncos, uh, possibly sued the NFL. I'm not sure which one, but uh, nonetheless, he gets signed by the Ravens. He's a guy that could add, if he's healthy again, uh, a big help to the Ravens' offensive line. The offensive line is the question mark, though, in Baltimore. It really is. How they bring in Alejandro Villanueva because they traded away one of their best offensive linemen to Kansas City. And they didn't really take care of that in the draft this year either. They've got playmakers on offense, including Rashad Bateman, although he's injured, uh, the rookie. Uh, that, and this is the year for J.K. Dobbins to step up and really solidify himself as a legit NFL running back. As they moved on from Mark Ingram, they still have a little bit of running back by committee, but I think Dobbins uh, is going to have the opportunity to carry the load this year. The defense should be good, but I think this need, defense needs to be great in order to compete, compete and contend in the AFC North this year. Uh, fantasy studs in Baltimore. Well, Dad, let me get your thoughts on the Ravens and uh, where you think they're headed this year. Um, again, I, I think they're going to do very well. I think they're well coached. Um, I think the Ravens, again, they, they've got talent. Um, you're right. Probably the question would be the offensive line. Um, but again, you know, the Ravens have been good now for a while and they've got some really good playmakers. And we talk about fantasy here. Uh, I mean, you know, your key position is quarterback and they've got, they, they've got one of the guys. That's for sure. So, um, if their defense can play and I see it's pretty highly ranked, then, um, I think they'll be really hard to handle. Yeah, fantasy-wise, Lamar Jackson, one of the top quarterbacks in fantasy football because he gives you both the passing and the running attack as well. You've got to think they're going to try to get him to run less the further his career goes on, but he's incredibly gifted at it, and he does a great job of avoiding the big hits as well, but it only takes one. I think J.K. Dobbins is going to be a fantasy stud this year. Marquise Brown, the wide receiver, and Mark Andrews, the tight end. All four of those players are guys I think are are uh, people you should target in fantasy football leagues this year. Dad, your thoughts on fantasy players in Baltimore? Yes, I think that's true. I think Andrews, while there's some great tight ends, he is right up there in the top because, again, um, they use tight ends a lot, and that will help Jamar Jackson, and he has seemed to connect with that. Andrews has been good. Again, I think their defense will be good. Um, my sleeper guy you mentioned is hurt, but is Bateman. I think he could come on and be good. You know, as I as we looked at the draft, he was a guy that I thought was an uh, interesting draft pick. And of course, our favorite position—they've got the kicker. So they do. They, they do have, have the best kicker they in have the NFL. One of them or the best kicker. Yeah. Yeah. 
I'm looking up right now to see if I can find uh, Rashad Bateman's uh, average draft position um, because, you know, as a rookie, you got to be careful with rookies because you don't know exactly what you're getting. If they're not quarterbacks, you're just not really sure what they are. It looks like he's average draft position is in the mid 100s, 149, 151, somewhere in that range as well. So, um, when Shopify says you can sell anywhere, oh, they mean it. Ooh, hold up. Just got a new sale, order fulfilled, and shipped. Inventory level's good. Whoa, Shopify doesn't mind if you're at sea level. Or on top of the world. Oh, you can run and grow your business anywhere. Climbing mountains is never easy, but at least Shopify gives me all the tools I need for my business to hit new beats. Whether you're selling carabiners or crop tops, start selling with Shopify today and join the platform simplifying commerce for millions of businesses worldwide. We've built the platform so you can keep climbing and grow your business to new heights. With Shopify, you really can sell to anyone from anywhere. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Start selling online today. Sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash free 22. Shopify.com slash free 22. Shopify.com slash free 22. Internet connection required. Not available on mountaintops or seafloors. I guess that's decent value for him and fair enough to call him a sleeper in that position. My sleeper for Baltimore is Gus Edwards. He's the backup running back uh, to... Uh, Dobbins, and he's going to get some touches and opportunities again this year, and I think you're going to see him get plenty of opportunities at the very least as a handcuff uh, in case Dobbins goes down. And then the rookie to watch for is Rashad Bateman. Um, I think he would definitely produce if he can stay healthy, and he's already injured, so that's a big question mark there, but uh, definitely a team worth watching. The win total for the Ravens is 11 wins, over or under 11 wins for Baltimore. Over. I'm going under on this one. I've got Baltimore at nine wins. Um, I think there's going to be some challenges. I'm not sold that John Harbaugh is still the best coach for this team. They got the right system around, but at some point, your coach has been there so long. We saw it in Green Bay with Mike McCarthy. They had success with him. They won a Super Bowl with him, but it came to a point where Mike McCarthy was no longer effective because nothing changed. Everything was the same. He was predictable. My fear is John Harbaugh is falling into a similar pattern here in Baltimore. And for that reason, I think they might slip a little bit this year and sit at the nine win mark. All right. Let's get to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, they bring in Trey Turner, the offensive lineman, Melvin Ingram, the uh, rush edge outside linebacker from, uh, the Chargers comes in as well. They've got an aging quarterback, a questionable offensive line, a dependable, Rookie quarterback, so we think, but if you're dependent on a rookie running back uh, to win your games, you're going to be in trouble, I think, at the very least. I think we're in for a long season if you're a Pittsburgh Steelers fan. And my biggest question is Juju Smith-Schuster. Is he a legit number one receiver in the league? He hasn't been uh, since he was the number two receiver. So Pittsburgh, to me, is going the wrong direction. The only team in the conference that I don't have uh, any confidence in is Pittsburgh. And a lot of that falls on Ben Roethlisberger being old enough for the senior home this year. Your thoughts on Pittsburgh? Um, well, I, I think you're right. Ben Roethlisberger will be the key. Uh, if he can stay healthy 
And if he can have a, a good year, he's got leadership, he's got ability, and I do think he's got um, weapons. Again, you know, um, it would be interesting to see. The coach has been there a long time, uh, but he's had great success. He's won Super Bowls. I've uh, been in Super Bowls. And I think, you know, um, when I first started looking at this, I thought, well, yeah, I like to put Pittsburgh at the bottom. But when I look at the talent on the team, I just can't do that. I mean, I think if Roethlisberger can play well at all, the the rookie running back, you know, we've seen rookie running backs come in and do well. Now, maybe the offensive line isn't where it needs to be here. So we will see. And we've seen Alabama running backs do pretty well lately, too. So we'll see on that. I think Juju will make uh, will will come back to the key form. He may not. He didn't last year. Claypool is good. Johnson is good. He's got receivers. Um, you know, the tight end is not a top of the line tight end, but he's been good at different places. Ebron could be. So I I don't think the cupboard is bare there. Um, but it is a, a, you know like like we said a tough division and. Um, you know, if they lose, you know, four or five games in the division, then they're in trouble because they play some good teams out of division. They do. And, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how it all breaks down. But when it comes to fantasy football, there's two guys that I think are worth watching. Najee Harris, again, he's just talented. The offensive line is not good in Pittsburgh. Um, but all he needs is half the offensive line to be good to get a running lane. He doesn't have to have both sides. So if they can get one side of the, the offensive line working, he might be able to find some room and be valuable uh, there. Then the other guy you mentioned was Deontay Johnson, the wide receiver. He's the guy to watch for when it comes to the wide receiver core. Juju is uh, a mess, I think. I, I think it's going to be a disappointing season for him. Chase Claypool, he had some some highlights and he got some touchdowns and some different things happened well for him last year, but I think it's going to get a little clogged there for Pittsburgh, and I don't think Claypool's going to have – I think he's going to have the sophomore slump. He's going to be not as good this year as he was last year. He still may be able to give you some points, but I think Deontay Johnson's the receiver you want fantasy-wise there in Pittsburgh. Those are the only two guys I want, uh, Deontay Johnson and Najee Harris. Outside of that, I don't want any of them. Tight end, you talked about Ebron. He's, he's had some decent seasons. He's been one of those guys where, um, if you were, hadn't drafted a tight end yet and you're coming towards the end of the draft and you need a guy, well, he starts and he gets some catches and some touchdowns. So he's worth having. They go out and draft Pat Fryermuth in the, in the second round, I believe it was in the NFL draft. So there's some competition there as well. How much will that affect? I don't know. Um, the two rookies to watch for Najee Harris and Pat Fryermuth. I'm not sure how involved Firemuth's going to be yet, but he's a guy that could push Ebron, again, a decent tight end, uh, an, an above-average tight end, I would say, but I'm not sure the opportunities are going to be there for them this year. So that's my fear uh, in Pittsburgh. Dad, the win total for Pittsburgh is nine wins. Are they going over or under nine wins? Um, I think as far as nine wins, I think I'd go under. Yeah. I would, too. Uh, the way I've got it shaping out is the Browns first, the Ravens second, the Bengals third, and the Steelers fourth. And I said this months ago that this is how it's going to shake out, and I still firmly believe the Bengals are just getting better, and Pittsburgh is at that 
They've already been to the top of the mountain, and now they're on their way down. They're going to have to find a quarterback of the future. They're going to have to shore up that offensive line. They do have some good defensive players, Minka Fitzpatrick. Uh, as a Mink, uh, I think it's Minka Fitzpatrick. And then uh, uh, the Watt brother, TJ Watt, is there as well. So, you know, they got some talented players, and there's others as well. But at the end of the day, I just don't think they have enough this year to be a legit team in the AFC North. So I've got them. Going under nine wins. I've got them at six wins for what it's worth, but I got them under nine wins and last in the division. You've got Baltimore, Cleveland. Then how do you shape out the last two? Then um, I have, as much as I'd rather do it the other way, I have Pittsburgh and then Cincinnati. All I think right. Cincinnati will be improved, but again, um, I, I just don't think Pittsburgh's going to be as bad as you think they're going to be, but we'll see. Well, Dad, I, I really hate it when you're wrong, but... Yeah. Uh, um, I love it when I'm right. So, <laughs> so it all works out just fine. All right. Let's go to the NFC North and, uh, the, uh, uh, I apologize in advance to Detroit, Chicago and Minnesota fans. Um, but, uh, this next segment might be painful for you. Let's start off with Chicago, dad. Uh, Chicago, they bring in Andy Dalton and wide receiver Marquise Goodwin. Um, they lose some guys in the offseason. Will Fuller, probably the biggest name to think of. And, um, you know, Fields is the future of this team. Andy Dalton is not the future. He might be the stopgap. He might be the bridge. But he's not the future. Fields is. And I love Justin Fields. I'm all in on Justin Fields. I love Roquan Smith, the linebacker from Georgia they brought in a few years ago. And he kind of solidifies the defense. Khalil Mack, of course, still there. The defense should be good this year. Do the Chicago Bears have playmakers on offense? Because outside of Justin Fields, I'm not sure that they do. Allen Robinson, okay, he's above average. He's a good wide receiver. Is he a playmaker? David Montgomery, okay, he's a good running back, but is he a playmaker i don't know that the bears have the talent this year to be legit but i do think they're going in the right direction starting with justin fields your thought on the chicago bears um well like i said i think their defense should be strong from there um when they picked up andy dalton um even before the draft i laughed i couldn't believe that 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 was going to be the guy that was going to carry him over Justin Fields, I, I've said all along, I think it's going to be a very good quarterback. Whenever there's, there, there's other teams in our division and they make a great draft choice, you go, oh, boy, in the future here, you know, that could be something. We're going to talk about a couple of them, I'm sure, here in a little bit. Uh, but Justin Fields would be that way. And honestly, I think next year when Justin Fields has a new coach, and he develops a system that will work for him, Justin Fields is going to be very, very good. But like I've always heard you say, Nagy's a great coach, great potential. Let's keep him around. I think that's what all Packer fans want, but I can't believe it's going to last much longer with the Bears. And I think Fields, I do think Fields will get to play this year. I think somewhere around the middle or early in the last half of the season, you're going to see him and he'll get a chance. Um but I, I looked again, just to try to be fair, I looked at their schedule, and they very easily could lose seven of their first eight games. They play mm-hmm. some really tough teams. I mean, they're going to have to really be on it. 
Uh, and if they start out like that, things get ugly in Chicago in a hurry. And um, like you said, playmaker, I do like Allen Robertson, but um, I, I don't think there's a lot of playmakers there. They do have a good defense. Defense will keep them in games, and they're probably getting better with the defense. They've got a pretty early bye week. I think it is week, let's see here, one, two, three, is it week four, I think, is their bye week. So Andy Dalton starts the first three games, and possibly Justin Fields jumps in that early. I mean, Justin Fields, if the Bears start to lose, if they lose the first three games, why not put in Justin Fields? I don't think they'll lose because of Andy Dalton, by the way. I thought Andy Dalton was a great signing for Chicago to help them get to the next quarterback. I think Andy Dalton can win games in the NFL, but I don't think this team has the talent to do it. And so Andy Dalton is not going to succeed, I don't think, at least. And Justin Fields will definitely be in before the midway mark of the season. He might actually start week one, honestly. He might play well enough in the preseason and enough clamoring going on that they say, we got to start him. I would not be surprised. I thought he was the second best quarterback in the draft. And so... Uh, you said it. I mean, Roquan Smith's the other guy. When the when the Bears drafted Roquan Smith, I thought, oh, come on. Why did the Bears have to draft him? Um, I liked him too much. He's too good of a player, whatever it may be. Yet here he is. All the talk about these players or non-playmakers in Chicago, that brings us to the fantasy side of things. Dad, I have one player in Chicago not named Justin Fields that I'm interested in when it comes to fantasy football, and that's Cole Komet, the tight end. I think both Andy Dalton and Justin Fields are going to use Cole Komet a lot this year. Who else are they going to throw the ball to? So that's where I'm going with the fantasy players. Your thoughts fantasy-wise when it comes to the Chicago Bears? Well, like I said, and it's going to be hard to go with Fields early, but you'll want to keep an eye on him from there. Um, And, you know, what you said, he may start week one. I think that would be a bad thing for him. Um, I think it would be better for him to have a chance to learn a little bit and uh, to come in when there's not as high as expectation. Because I don't think, like you said, they have a lot of talent, and it won't be his fault. And I don't think, you know, I think it would be better if he doesn't start. As far as fantasy players, um, he's not one of the top 10 or 15 or 20, but I think as a wide receiver, you, Alan Robinson is a guy you can look all right, so Allen Robinson is a guy that he's talking about. You're looking at Justin Fields. What can Justin Fields do? Um, what he said about him not starting week one because it's not good for him. I understand that. I comprehend it. I do. But I think Justin Fields is the kind of player that can actually uh, um, improve a team by him being on the field, can win them two, maybe three more games because he's on the field. As a Packer fan, I don't want to see Justin Fields on the field. But as a football fan and trying to see the best product each week, I think Justin Fields needs to be on the field. And I think he will be earlier rather than later. Um, but I don't think it'll be a great necessarily season for him. So when I was going through the schedule and trying to figure out my win totals and how how I was going to put this on here as far as the amount of wins Chicago's going to get this year, I kind of played into the factor that maybe at week six or later, Justin Fields would be the quarterback versus Andy Dalton. The win total for Chicago is seven and a half games. Dad, do you think Chicago will go over or under seven and a half? Honestly, I think they'll go under. 
All right, so I went over on this one. And again, I think the second half of the season is better for Chicago than the first half of the season. So if they can get three wins in the first half of the season, I think they can get five in the second half of the season. That's why I decided to go over. I got them at eight wins, so it's just over that seven and a half. But nonetheless, I think there's improvement there. I think they might do enough in the second half of the season to save Matt Nagy's job, uh, which is amazing. They should have fired him this past year, in my opinion. But they didn't. They gave him a chance that, hey, uh, don't fire people unless you need to. So uh, Matt Nagy's still around there. Dad, let's go to Detroit. And um, I'm not sure if you knew they still had a football team or not, but they do, the Detroit Lions. And uh, they got rid of their best player this offseason. Uh, actually, their best two players this offseason, Matt Stafford and Kenny Galladay, go elsewhere. Jared Goff comes in as the quarterback. Michael Brockers comes in on defense. And I'm sure we'll talk about Jamal Williams, the backup running back that they added some depth to as well. I really like this Detroit coaching staff with the exception of the head coach, Dan Campbell. And what I mean by that is I don't dislike Dan Campbell, but if I was a Lions fan, I don't think I would be uh, super excited or have great expectations for Dan Campbell. You look at the other people on the staff, Anthony Lynn, Deuce Staley, Mark Brunel, Aaron Glenn, all these guys go, hey, I like this coaching staff. Now can Dan Campbell get out of the childish motivational things and get into actually coaching football. If he can, maybe they find some success. I just don't see it happen. Look at Jared Goff and you look at the success or lack thereof in Los Angeles. He had some good seasons, uh, especially the one right before he got paid. Uh, and uh, you look at him though and you go, well, now he has less weapons because he had a lot of weapons in Los Angeles. Now he doesn't anymore. What does DeAndre Swift do this year? A lot of people think he's one of the better running backs out there. But again, I look at this team and I go, I just don't see how DeAndre Swift is going to be able to carry a team to very many wins. The defense needs a lot of help, and they they get helped out on the defensive staff, but do they get helped out on the field is another question. They need the second-year man, Jeff Akuda to be top-notch lockdown cornerback. Dad, your thoughts on Detroit, because I'm not very high on them. And I, I don't think it's because I'm a Packer fan. I think it's just they don't have the players to get it done this year. Yeah, I don't know if they'll turn it around or not. Like you said, the coaching staff, they have some good assistant coaches. I think the head coach is going to go one way or the other. Either he's going to, they're going to catch his excitement. He's going to give people, uh, he's going to get the players believing that they can go out there and play and win or otherwise it's just going to be a disaster. Uh, one way or the other, and I don't know how it'll go. You would like to think he might be a good head coach, um, but um, I, I think that'll be interesting. The one positive thing I saw this year about Detroit was their draft. Rather than worrying about changing everything right now, they went with the best offensive lineman, and that's how you build a team in the future is with offensive line. So I think there's some reason for Detroit fans to think they may be headed in the right direction. Jared Goff, um, you know, this is a fresh start for him. I don't think he's probably a great quarterback, but again, this will be a chance. There's been quarterbacks before that have a fresh start has really helped. Uh, I can think of guys a long time ago there. Um, weapons, you know, you got the tight end, um, but outside of that, you got DeAndre Swift. And, um, but yeah, there's not a lot there and they're in a division where, um, I think they're going to have trouble being successful in the division. 
And, um, you know, the teams they play outside the division um, are not going to be easy ones either. So, uh, What about fantasy football-wise? Who in Detroit do you look at uh, for fantasy football? Well, the tight end is the best one to look at, I think so. Hawkinson um, there, um, he's one of the top tight ends, not the top one, but one of the better ones. Uh, DeAndre Swift, again, I don't know if you pick him early, but he's a starting running back. And I uh, could do well. I think he both is a rusher and can qu- and catch the ball. Um, you know, Jared Goff. I, I you won't know until everything gets going there. Um, the best thing there would be, I guess, if you had a star quarterback and you knew you were going to need a backup for one game when they're on a bye. Who knows? You know, we'll see where Jared Goff is. But I don't think he's a guy you draft um, on your fantasy team to carry it. Um, the sleeper's a guy you talked about a little bit there, uh, Jamal Williams. We know a lot about him. Uh, he'll add some excitement to the team, and um, he can run the ball. He can score a touchdown. Now, again, he had a lot different offensive line probably than he's going to have in Detroit. But uh be interesting to see um, how he factors in. Fantasy studs for Detroit, I've got DeAndre Swift and TJ Hawkinson as well. Now, I'm not as big on Hawkinson as a lot of people are. I've heard a lot of people say he's going to be a top three tight end this year in fantasy football. That's not happening. I can guarantee you that. He might be top eight, um, but uh, nonetheless, well, that's a whole nother conversation for a whole nother day. We're going to have Dan Mater on, host of the MD's Fantasy Show, Belly Up's Fantasy Show, uh, here later on in the month, and we'll talk about that then. Sleepers, I got Jared Goff as a sleeper, and the reason why is because Jared Goff is going to throw a lot of footballs this year. They're going to be behind in a lot of games, and he's going to be airing it out. And if he can keep the interceptions down, he's going to score fantasy points just because he's going to be throwing the ball a whole lot. So that's why I've got him as a sleeper. Jamal Williams is the other guy. He's going to get involved in the pass game. He's going to be more uh, fantasy-wise, more effective in the pass game than the run game probably. But I think he is a guy that can contribute and that will contribute to this team as well. Dad, Detroit's win total is at five wins. That's exactly where I have it at, five wins as well. Thoughts on the win total of five for Detroit? Yeah, I would agree with that. If they have five wins, they're they're doing pretty good. Okay. I don't know how to go that far, but okay. Uh, Let's get to Green Bay. We're, We're running out of time, so we'll try to keep it moving. Green Bay, a lot of drama over the offseason. Will that carry over to the field? Will it affect the play at all? Will yet to be seen. My biggest concern with Randall Cobb coming back to Green Bay, and Dad, I've told you this before, is Aaron Rodgers has to prove that he was right about having Randall Cobb on this team, and he might force the ball more this year than he ever has. He's been really good in the past with just whoever was open, with the exception of Devontae Adams. He would force it to Devontae to get him going in the game. But I'm a little worried about that this year with Aaron. Aaron might get into this mindset, and he likes Coach LaFleur, and the offensive system, I think, has proven to work for him. But if it, anything starts to go negative, whether it be in his head or on the field, Aaron Rodgers might try to take over the game. And we've seen in the last couple of years of Mike McCarthy's reign, that didn't sit too well, uh, did not go well, at least for the Packers' offense. Their defense, I think, will be drastically better this year. And it's not that because they brought in a whole bunch of people. As a matter of fact, they've got mostly the exact same people this year. but. I think the defensive system, the addition of Eric Stokes in the draft, 
And I think that there's just going to be a better all-around play from the defense this year, which could improve the Packers overall as a team as well. Give me the short version of your thoughts on Green Bay this season. Well, I, I think, you know, they're loaded with talent in a lot of ways. I think they'll do well. Uh, I don't have the same concerns you do. Um, again, I, I try to keep up with them a lot as far as a lot of different sources and practices and comments and interviews. And I think the Randall Cobb thing, why that makes some sense in the, in the beginning, he has a unique relationship with Amari Rogers. And at this point, I think uh, one thing Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers has said is some of these guys they've let go could have really helped and mentored people. And I think that's where Cobb is fitting in right now. I don't think he'll have an ego where he's worried about a lot of catches. I think they have a lot of talent. I think their wide receivers are all better. I think they all have better chemistry with Rodgers than they have had. And I think you'll see him spread it around to a lot of people. Um just as he has uh, in the past. So I think from that standpoint, um, I, I think, you know, Packers, no reason to have a bad season. I think the defense, everything you hear, everything you read about that, they should be drastically improved. They picked up a couple people that they seem to be really high on, the linebacker, Campbell. Um, they say he's going to add a lot. The new coaches add a lot of, um, a lot of excitement. And they have all the same assistance, and it seems like everybody's buying in. Yeah, but you're listening to the Packer guys talk, so you got to be careful. Yeah, this player's great; he's going to be the best thing ever, and then he ends up being a dud or not as good as as they make him out to be. I want to go back to the Aaron Rodgers thing, though. Aaron Rodgers is the second best quarterback in the league, in my opinion, behind Patrick Mahomes, talent wise. Um, Mentally, Aaron Rodgers is a basket case. I mean, he's, he doesn't know what he wants. He, he knows what he wants. He doesn't know what he wants. He, he one day is, you know, die hard this. And the next day he's yo mellow. You know, what is the deal with Aaron Rodgers? And ultimately that's what scares me about him. It's not his playing ability. It's his mental state. And is he going to be able to lock in and focus in on the season? and play another MVP caliber year, or is he going to get in his own head and try to just do it all on his own, do what he wants to do, and say, you know what, I don't care what the team thinks. I think I can do it better. I think I know better, so this is what I'm going to do. Because this year, Aaron Rodgers has nothing to lose as far as he, he wants to be off the team, and if he plays his own way and plays reckless and plays the way that he wants to do it, what does he care? He's planning on getting traded in the offseason anyhow. So, you know, I don't know. That scares me a lot about Aaron Rodgers this year. That's where I am with him. Fantasy reasons, fantasy studs this year. Aaron Rodgers is still going to be one of the top fantasy quarterbacks. Aaron Jones is still going to be one of the top fantasy running backs. Devontae Adams is still going to be one of the top fantasy wide receivers. And Robert Tunyon will be a top four tight end in fantasy football this year and a must-have on your team if you do not have the Kittle and Kelsey's of the world on your fantasy football team. Dad, the fantasy players to watch for in Green Bay. Well, the ones you've named are all the main ones there. Um, I think as far as, you know, they're, they're the top fantasy players. Um, there's some guys to be interesting. I know you're not going to 
probably agree with this, but again, everything I've read, everything I've heard, everything I've seen, um, I think Valdez Scantling is going to finally have the year they think he's supposed to have. I think Rodgers has got a lot of faith in him, just like Lazard has been good because Rodgers knows he's going to be where he's supposed to be. And it looks like that's where it is going to be with Scantling, and Scantling's got the speed. So I think he could be another um, weapon um, that they use. I know he's got to catch the ball all the time, um, but you know he's free. He, he was he was effective last year, just stretching the defense. And I think you're going to see him get a lot of balls this year. Amari Rogers, they're high on. Um, you know, we'll see. I think when you think about him and Randall Cobb and all this misdirection stuff on the floor runs, that's ideal if those two guys are in there because you don't know if they're going to run it or catch it or go out. So I, I think there's a lot of weapons. Again, I think if LaFleur doesn't overthink it, um, there's a lot of options and things um, they can do there. I'm not – I like Randall Cobb, but no defense is scared of Randall Cobb anymore. Whether he's running or catching, they don't care. They're not scared of him anymore. He doesn't have the explosiveness that he had before. Marquez Valdez-Scantling is one of my sleepers. But he's boomer bust. If he's gonna, if he gets the touchdowns, he's gonna get you fantasy points. If he doesn't, he's not gonna help you out a whole lot. And so there are gonna be weeks where Marquez Valdez Scantling has an incredible week. And there's gonna be another week where he's, he's doesn't give you much at all. And he's gonna drop about four or five wide open touchdown, uh, passes this season as well. And that's gonna be frustrating as a fantasy owner. AJ Dillon is the other sleeper uh, that I have for Green Bay. He's the backup running back. Um, I think as the season goes on, A.J. Dillon will get more carries and more opportunities, and I think he's a guy that's going to be a legit fantasy contender this year later in the season. So that's why I have him as a sleeper. The only rookie to watch for in Green Bay is Amari Rodgers, but we have no idea yet how they're going to use him, if they're going to use him, and how all that plays out. He seems to be doing well in practice, but again, if you're only listening to the Packer beat writers talk, most of them are going to be positive as opposed to negative, unless it's about Jordan Love, in which case they might be negative as well. The Packers' win total this year is at 11 wins. The last two seasons, they've had 13. Dad, are they going over or under 11 wins this season? I think they're going over. I've got them at 12 this year, so it's still a really good season. Um, but one less win, I think there's just too much going on this year for us to expect just another phenomenal season. So, but I go over as well and I have them winning the division. All right. Let's get to the Vikings. Um, we're running long here. So I want to get it, get us moving on that. The Vikings, they bring in Patrick Peterson, offensive lineman Mason Cole, defensive back Xavier Woods, along with other people. They had a pretty good draft. I thought at least, uh, the Vikings did. Uh, the quarterback of the future, is it Kellen Mond? I have no idea. How good is Kirk Cousins? Is he uh, still uh, is he a top-tier NFL quarterback? I don't think so. And can the offensive line protect the quarterback and block for the running back? That's the big question, Mark. They did draft Darisaw, who fell to them in the draft. Uh, that will help things, but they lose Riley Reef as well. So an interesting uh, predicament I think the Vikings are in. I predicted last season would be Mike Zimmer's last year as the Vikings head coach. I was wrong, so I'll say it again this year. This year will be Mike Zimmer's last year as the Minnesota Vikings head coach. He's a great defensive mind, but as when it comes to the head coach, he's not been able to get the job done consistently enough. Uh, Dad, your quick thoughts on the Vikings. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I think um, you know it should be Zimmer's last year from there. 
I don't think they're going to get to a Super Bowl with him. Um, I don't think you're going to get to a Super Bowl with Kirk Cousins. Yeah. There, I think, you know, uh, Brett Favre couldn't get to the Super Bowl um, with this situation. And if he can't, Kirk Cousins can't. Now, he got close, that was for sure. And you got to remember, Favre was bountied and they broke his broke his leg in that game uh, there uh, with um, uh, what's his name. But anyways, with the Saints, that's who it was. Uh, Saints went after him and hurt him on purpose and all that good stuff. But I digress. Uh, enough enough defending the Vikings for me tonight. Uh, go on. Yeah, I, I, again, I, I think the Vikings are going to be a good team. I don't think they're going to they're going to win the division. And I don't know whether or not they'll make the playoffs. They do have some talent, and um, I think they'll be a good team. I think that's where they've been with Zimmer. They've been a good team, but I'm not able to get over the hump, and I think that'll be the way. I would tell you, Dad, they're not going to be a good team. They're going to be a bad team this year, a, a, a disgustingly bad team this year. Uh, just remember, you heard it here. Fantasy-wise, uh, Dalvin Cook is a guy worth worth having on your team. He catches the ball and runs the ball if he stays healthy. Justin Jefferson, my goodness, uh, phenomenal rookie season for him, and he will continue to produce Adam Thielen as well. Again, I think the Vikings are going to be playing from behind a lot this year, and so I think those guys, Jefferson and Thielen, are great guys to have on the team because I think they're going to score some points for you. Uh, the fantasy sleepers I have, Alexander Madison, the backup running back to Dalvin Cook, because when Cook's gone down, Madison has been able to score points for you. And then Irv Smith, the tight end as well, I think will have a productive year. I don't think he's going to be a top, top end tight end, but I think he's a guy, uh, that you can get for a very affordable in your fantasy drafts and be a guy that can, that can produce for him. Dad, fantasy players from Minnesota. No, I, you've hit on everybody there. Jefferson, um, Cook, uh, I think Adam Thielen is always worth looking at still from there. And, you know, I had Irv Smith as a sleeper uh, from there. I, I'm not going to touch Cousins, but um, he's a guy that people, you know, somebody will pick up. Uh, win total eight and a half for the Vikings. You going over or under eight and a half? I hope you're right, but I would go over, I think, probably about nine. If you're right on this one, I'll love every minute of it. Five wins. There you go. Five wins for Minnesota this year. They're not even going to be bowl eligible. Uh, This team is not going to be good. Listen, it's not that they don't have the talent. They do have talented players. This team is not going to work together. This coach is not going to be able to get them going forward again. The Vikings are not going to be good this year so in the nfc north i've got green bay chicago and then i've got the vikings and the lions with the same record and i think the vikings are a better team than the lions i just don't know that their win total is going to be much higher than detroit how do you see it shaking out in the nfc north and i have green bay minnesota chicago and detroit all right there you go so uh put out some bold predictions today um, these are things I truly believe. These are not hot takes. I legitimately think this is how it's going to shake out. And, uh, and when I'm right, I'll make sure to remind you about it. Thank you for watching. We ran a little longer in this episode and, uh, with, with joining unhinged radio, we won't be able to do this next time, dad. So we'll have to, we'll have to make sure we, we trim it down a little bit, but thank you for tuning in tonight. There are links available for Yeti coolers and for 
Uh, Skull Candy, I'm wearing my Skull Candy headphones. Absolutely love the sound quality that I get from Skull Candy. I would encourage you to check them out as well. Then Yeti Coolers, the link for them. They have a brand new item. It's a leak-proof hot shot. It features one of Yeti's stunning innovation, uh, innovative achievements for the year. 100% leak-proof design, able to fit over their beloved line of Rambler bottles to keep contents hot and in the bottle, no matter what adventure you get up to. So make sure you visit Yeti Coolers through the link provided on the video uh, description or in the podcast notes as well. A reminder that next Wednesday, we become part of the Unhinged Radio team, and we'll be on the air 11 a.m. We'll put links on our Twitter page, at Sports Stove, for that as well. Our next episode will be Tuesday, 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time Live. Uh, Twitter, YouTube, and Facebook will be covering the South Divisions of the NFL there as well. And I'm not sure if we'll have as many hot takes there as we did tonight, but uh, I'm sure when we talk the Titans, we'll have a few a few takes that not everybody will will agree with. Anyhow, Dad, your last thoughts tonight? Um, again, you know, excited the football season's coming up. Excited for the fantasy football drafts to be coming up. I'm excited that you know this show is going to be on on with a new network also, and um, everything's good. Everything's good. Football's on right now as we speak. More football this weekend as well. Thank you so much for tuning in to tonight's edition of the Sports Stove Podcast. Until next time, we'll see you around the Sports Stove.